0: Clickety-clack, don't come back. Do you ever hear that song? No. (laughs) What is that? It's like an old, like, jazzy song, and it's like, Clickety-clack, don't come back. But we want people to come back. I don't want some people to come back. To the podcast. If they're annoying. I don't want them to listen.
1: Oh. I want everyone to listen <laughs> and everyone to give me money. <laughs> money, 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 please. If nah. you hate us, <laughs> go leave a five-star review. Right. If you
0: love us, give a five-star review. If you're okay about us, give us a five-star review.
1: If you don't even know us, give us a five-star review.
0: We are a new podcast. We need all the help we can get. so this is episode 4 part 1 yeah and this one we decided to do hometown
1: hometown murders murders. which is really funny because Anna just moved I did so we used to share well yeah pretty much share we used to share the same hometown yeah
0: but now I have a new one
1: yeah and I've already found a murder yeah (laughs) <laughs> I love how we're, like, happy about that. We're like, there yeah. better be a really good murder in this town. Otherwise, <laughs> someone Maybe needs to be go murder. commit one.
0: Well, mine, I'm going to give her a shout-out in...
1: Well, I'll give her a shout-out mine. Mine was suggested by a waitress at a restaurant. Here, I'm going to grab I went out to Anna's new hometown, and um, we went to the local bar... Slash restaurant, and I was wearing my true crime queen shirt. Yeah, that was from what podcast? So Not Dead podcast. Yeah. Has a store called Dead Time Stories, and then they just opened kind of like a joining store called the Screamatorium. And it basically just has like a bunch of murdery gift shop stuff. Oh my god. And ice cream. Which is like... Ice cream? Yeah, they serve ice cream. It's like ice How cream I truck ice about-
0: cream. So, Betsy's husband is now officially missing. Yep. Betsy. Hmm. Why did you have to dispose of him before he brought us french fries? Oh, he
1: went to Wendy's first. He prioritized Aww. me wanting Frosties and fries Aww. before now, getting our child. Now
0: that's a real
1: man. Yeah. That
0: is a real
1: husband. Children should man. never be prioritized above Frosties and fries <laughs> ladies. Just, just so we are clear, our priorities are in the right place. Oh my gosh. I think,
0: I think both of us are a little salty today because the weather has been so awful. Dude, it's so hot. It's been like 90 plus degrees and like 100% humidity. I don't know if anyone's been to Michigan before, but... It's, it's gnarly in the summer.
1: My murder, of course, is in Lansing. And it is very close to home because the person who was murdered... Oh, I just saw! <gasps> okay, so I read the Lansing State Journal uh-huh. that had, like, the really big... Um, it was, like, the very big source of the murder for uh-huh. me. And it was written by a girl... Named Betsy Minor.
0: Hey! So, so, you're Betsy Major. She's Betsy Minor. Right, You're yeah, a constellation. You're full of stars. I mean...
1: There we go. Yeah. You are a star, baby. So, Betsy Minor. Way to go. Because I liked your article and used it the most, so...
0: Whoop, whoop! Betsy!
1: Yeah. So, this murder took place in 1993. The victim's name is Rose Larner. It's probably like it has been said to be probably the most famous gruesome murder to yeah. happen in Lansing that has yeah. been known of. Where yep. we start, I'm going to refer to Rose Larner as Rosie because okay. her mother shared the same name. Uh, I believe. Oh, okay. So yeah. So her mother is Rose, and the main girl is Rosie. Okay. Um, Rosie basically she was born in 1975 and she grew up in the southwest part of Lansing, so actually very close to where we are. Mm-hmm. And um her mom actually worked at the Quality Dairy on the corner of Miller and MLK, which is like which is like literally a block from here. It's like
0: 5 minutes from my house growing up. Yeah. And like how far like 5 minutes from your house growing up, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and now it's, like, two minutes from where I live. Yeah, so we can one minute. there. No, <laughs> yeah. I go there all the time. Yeah, yeah. and um, and she actually lived in the Cape Town, um, which I think is, like, a little residential area. If you go down Miller and you turn the left, there's, like, a little... Before you hit Quality Dairy, there's, like, a little residential area. Oh. I think it's called Cape Town. Yeah. Um, so that's where they lived. And basically, Rosie super hyperactive. And Rosie basically grew up very like rambunctious. She was actually um labeled as hyperactive because okay. she just like could not sit still. She had to either be walking, taking a shower or doing a project. In fact, um she would take three showers a day. Oh my goodness. Yeah, like she just was like constantly moving, constantly going, but she um, she was really, like, kind mm-hmm. to people who, like, needed help. Yeah. And whenever her mom would, like, ask for help setting up the table, she was, like, the first one to get up. Mm. But she was sassy and had a mouth on her and was, like, she was sort of a problem child.
0: I kind of love her. Yes. I, I kind of love her, actually, because... Yeah. I love people who have big personalities. Yeah, and she. Who aren't to just her themselves.
1: her personality was huge, and um, to the point where, like, her father, um, whenever there was a fight going on or anything, he knew it was her. Like, he knew she was the culprit in it. (laughs) And her parents got divorced when she was four. Mm -hmm. um, But he just would always know when she was over and there was a fight. And I think it was, like, the fights only happened when she was there. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And she had a brother named Bill. Mm -hmm. And um, they would, like, pick fights with other kids and stuff. Yeah. And, like, one time they, they picked a fight with a group of kids. And threw rocks at them, like, straight up, like, gang war, but kids style.
0: Wow.
1: And it was so crazy. But then they found out that the kids they were throwing rocks at were the Browns, and there was a boy named Billy Brown, uh-huh. and they became super close friends. Oh. So Rosie and Billy became really close.
0: Well, isn't that, isn't that like, how it starts?
1: <clears throat> Pull the hair, throw the rock. It's not like a Tim Hopkins Oh, yeah, thing? it's like- I shall throw this rock at her. And as the blood trickles down her face, she'll <laughs> she know the depths of my affection. <laughs> yeah, um, but it was the other way around. She was, yeah, she was talking to um, So it was funny. But that was like in grade school, and so they started going to school together. Um, they were really good friends with another girl called Bailey, and it was sort of like imagine like the Sandlot group of kids. Okay, where it's like they're really mouthy. They are like. Really disrespectful sometimes, but then they're, like, really good at heart kids. Yeah. And, um... They would just go out on the town and do stuff. They would just, like, go anywhere, do anything. Wow. And, um, because it was the 70s or the Seven. 80s.
0: Oh, so they were, like, Stranger Things.
1: Yeah, they were, like, the Str- Yeah, that's a better scenario. That's, or a yeah. Or better, you know, yeah. Sandlot. Who watches the Sandlot? But
0: I haven't seen the stranger- Sandlot.
1: I should, though. Oh, then, yeah, you should. You have no idea what I'm talking well, about. Well, I, I know kind of, because I've seen yeah. it like Marshall. So, okay, so they're, like, Stranger Things, but, like- I feel like Stranger Things kids are more like listening to their parents, like mm, yeah, Sandlock. These were like urban kids who are up to no good with <laughs> doing who knows what with who knows who, and you know, yeah, whatever. But like they were good kids though, at heart. Um. So anyway, um, Rose. Um. Oh, and her family called her the vampire. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Cause she had like a hair trigger temperature or temper and oh. she would just, she would just like go off on people. Yeah. Um, and the boys loved her. She liked all the boys. Wow. You know, she was like a tomboy. Um, and she, oh, one of the big things is she would talk on the phone constantly. Like they said that roughly she would make 1,200 calls. A month.
0: I don't think I've ever made that many calls in my lifetime.
1: Yeah, and their phone bill would rack up to like three hundred a month, holy which back holy. in the eighties was like yeah, crazy amount. Not. Um, it's a crazy amount now. I'm like three yeah, hundred a month. Yeah, no,
0: Are you I pay like me? forty a month for my phone. Bill. Yeah,
1: I could not. I mean, well, back then it was like minutes or not even minute it was like the home phone you know whatever
0: mm-hmm.
1: and people would actually change their pager numbers because they were so annoyed with her oh my gosh so um um t- 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 sorry uh oh and she went to church twice a week oh wow yeah like when i tell you it was just like the combination take a little bit of everything and put it into one person. Huh. Like. She sounds like, like a rainbow. Like, yeah. I, I love it. Yeah. And she wanted to be a cop when she grew up. Oh. Because her uncle was a cop. I mean, it's just like, how many things can you throw Yeah. in one? I
0: feel thing? like she'd be well suited for a job like that. Um, because she seems so, like, ambidextrous in different skills and is very tough and. Yeah. But seems to be very
1: kind and. Yeah. Um, so sorry, I'm like Oh you're fine. Getting forward. Um But as she got older in her teen years, like she it's it's hard because these types of attitudes and um characteristics can be very cute for a kid and then once mm-hmm. they turn into a teenager it can become less cute. Yeah. <laughs> and she definitely was making enemies. Oh. So um, because she she would say exactly what she thought, and she didn't care who heard it, and she didn't care what you thought. and like, Wow. Which, it's like, okay, go off. But mm-hmm. also, like, when you're a teenager, you don't think thoroughly about everything, or you yeah. don't see all sides of the argument. And yeah,
0: your brain's not even, like, there.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: so... Except for our brains when we were teens. We were so smart.
1: Yeah. When she was 15, she... Threatened a girl who pissed her off at a party with a fork. Oh my gosh. (laughs) She sounds like she should be on
0: Real Housewives.
1: Right. Um, But no one was hurt, but her mother um, was very alarmed. And um, her mother decided to exaggerate her personality so Mm. that she could admit her into Rivendell Psychiatric Hospital in St. John's. Oh my goodness. And, um... Like rose rosie told her mom like this is the loony bin and her mother gave her the choice of whether or not to be admitted and she said okay so it's not like she was admitted without her consent but at the same time it's like you really shouldn't yeah exaggerate yeah you shouldn't
0: exaggerate your yeah but i can understand like on a flip side Um, just because I've had a ton of people in my life who've had to go into institutions for a little bit. That's right. Um, it's really difficult to get the help you need. Yeah. So I can understand if her mom is trying to get her some type of mental help, but like the insurance, for example, like say it doesn't cover this type, but it covers the other type. Yeah. Then I could could see like, it's still not right, but I can see like how someone could have that happen.
1: So she was admitted into the psychiatric hospital, uh-huh. and she stayed there for, I think it was about four months that she was there, mm-hmm. and she really liked it. She was getting a lot of help. There was a boy there named Brody that she was like head over heels for, and she, she used a pencil eraser uh-huh. to burn the letter B into her skin. Oh, oh my gosh. On her thigh. Ow. Yeah. So like an eraser tattoo.
0: I have never heard of that.
1: I know. I'd never heard of it either, but she was smitten. Apparently. Ooh. um, It is weird because I, like I said, like I, people who I know who
0: have been in places like that and they, when they're there, they're like, oh yeah, I have a crush on this girl and that girl. And I'm like shouldn't you be focusing on mental health, you know? Right. But then at the same time, it's like, it's none of my business because it's their journey, it's not mine, but...
1: Yeah. Anyway. It does give one pause. Yeah. But, so, uh, three months. She was there for three months, and then she, um, left, and I'm not sure if she got, like, kicked off or if she just left, but she got her first job at KFC down here in MLK. Oh, okay. And, um... You know, things were going okay. She entered Sexton High School, Mm -hmm. um, but she ended up quitting high school in her junior year and then picking it back up at another school. And, like, there was just a lot of, like, up and downs that I won't totally get into. At one time, she tried to get into the military because she thought maybe that would help her to become a cop. Oh, okay. To get into the police academy. Yeah. But they eventually were like, no, we don't want you because your uh, burn mark on your thigh and Mm. your, um, I can't remember. There was something else. I think it, oh, it was her time in the psychiatric hospital and the mark on her thigh made her quote, undesirable. So,
0: well, I wonder if they knew the history of that mark. Because maybe if they knew the yeah. history of that, maybe. But yeah, if it was
1: just because you have a scar that, that sucks. Yeah, probably because it was like a burn mark. Um. But yeah. Um. When she was 16, she was raped by oh, a guy that goodness. she met at a basketball court. And it, it was really hard. Like, it, I think it was one of those moments that... Well, that obviously changes a person big time going through that kind of traumatic experience. But for the first time, I think, in her life, she, like, didn't want to talk about it. Yeah. And she was, like, wanting to talk about everything. Yeah. She didn't want to talk about it. She didn't want her mom to know what her mom knew because she got brought home in a police car and stuff. Mm. And it was very traumatic. Yeah. Um, as anyone who is raped would Yeah. testify. Yeah, yeah. Um... And, um, but she was, you know, she was just a very honest, sweet girl. Just a lot of Yeah, she sounds
0: like, she almost sounds like that she's, like, almost, like, too big for her body in a sense. Where she's, like, so much in one person. She
1: would have done really well if she was a dude in the 80s because dudes could get away with anything. Dude. (laughs) And.
0: Well, could you imagine, like, if she was put in the right, like, if she was given the right programs to channel that energy how
1: much she could have done yeah like it's crazy i don't think that there's anything she probably couldn't have done because she had the motivation yeah for it. um so anyway the summer that she was i think 17 i think it was she met this guy named john ortiz kehoe Kiho. Ke- kehoe. kehoe i think is his last name um and he was a really handsome, dark-haired teen, and he was a friend of Billy Brown. Oh, okay. Um, and he loved rap music, and he really liked Rosie. And just like with Brody, mm-hmm. she became really obsessed. Um, mm-hmm. She wanted to do everything that he wanted to do. She wanted to go wherever he wanted to go. She wanted to learn how to rap and rap with him and, like... She just I think she was one of those people who just like totally went for it. Yeah. And um she was just like really head over heels and he actually ended up moving into their home for a while. Mm-hmm. But Rosie's mom kicked him out when she found out that he had guns. Because oh. she was like, no guns in the house. Yeah, no. And right after that happened, he like lost all interest in Rosie. Oh. But she kept going for him and he was dodging her. And he even told her that he was going to kill her if, he, if she didn't stop.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: So, I mean, I think it got to the point where she just like couldn't take a hit almost. Yeah. But then. He also kind of sounds like a douchebag because he just dropped her as soon as yeah, he got he, kicked out. Yeah, I
0: mean, it's like he was trying to get into her life and use her for, like, housing or
1: whatever. Yeah. But. Um. So the night that she went missing, it was... Um, i trying to think the exact date. It was December 7th. Um, Or, excuse me... December 6th, 1993, so she would have been 18, and she worked a shift at the Meyer Pizza pizza Place. Okay. But she left around 1130, she went home, and then she walked to the QD, and, which it was in December, it was really cold. Oh, yeah. And she basically had this system with her mom where she would tell her mom if she was going to a friend's house for the night Mm -hmm. so her mom was working at cutie she came in she was like hey i'm gonna go hang out with billy and her mom was like you should take my van and she refused she was like no i'm gonna walk she really adamantly wanted to walk and her mom later said that she had like the feeling that something was gonna happen oh and like she really wanted her to take the band, but yeah. Rosie was, like, dead set on walking. Around 3 a.m., Rose had asked Billy to get a hold of John. Mm-hmm. Because Billy and John were friends so that they could spend the evening together. And they all got into um, John's brother's truck okay. that they used. And basically, they just sort of, like, spent a lot of time roaming the streets around mm-hmm. and um John and Rosie had sex oh, in the okay. in the uh, truck and her head was on Billy's lap ah during it so i like i i'm like i don't know like it's weird because Billy was described as being kind of protective of her yeah so it's kind of odd like I get the feeling they had more of a brother-sister friendship. Yeah. And then I, I don't know. I just, it
0: probably was like a com- I mean,
1: I don't know. I, I guess like, yeah. They then went to a mire near Albion mm-hmm. and John went inside and brought out a few bags of stuff. And he was like, it's supplies for the party tonight.
0: Oh and shit. And
1: they didn't really think anything of it. And then um later they found out that he had a bag that had a knife, two bottles of charcoal lighter fluid, a hatchet, and some trash bags. Oh my gosh. Mhm. Yeah. Um so they drove to a house just outside of Albion. And it was a really small town, and it was actually John's grandparents' house. Okay. But they were out of town. And so he had to, like, sneak in the back and then unlock the front and let them in. So, um, they, and and Billy just sort of assumed, like, they were going to get high, have sex. Yeah, yeah. Like, whatever, just party. Um... So then, John and Rosie had sex again, mm. and then all three of them got into a shower together, and oh. took a shower. And na,
0: na, 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 right, na, na, which it's na, na, like I'm
1: still so confused on Billy's role in all of this. Is if if he got off by seeing that, or if it was just I I don't know. I'm confused. I
0: mean, he had to have liked her in some way, right?
1: I mean, I guess I don't know. I don't know. Just because you hang out with someone doesn't
0: mean you like them, like them. Well, she, he, they were, they were like best friends. So I don't, I don't know. I could see, I could see it happening.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's just interesting. So they got into a shower and Billy said that John reached for the shower ledge and tried handing him a knife that he had stashed there. And basically, Billy and John looked at each other and gave each other really weird looks before the knife got put away. Yeah. So, there was, like, some weird, like, what the fuck is going on? And then the knife got put away. So, they all got dressed in the bathroom. And, um, Billy and Rose were brushing out their hair. And John came back in with a cord. And he slipped it around Rose's neck. Well, really around her jaw. And she, like, lifted her head so it could go around her neck. But she was like, quit playing and stuff. Like, she thought he was, like, probably being kinky or something. Yeah, yeah. And then John straight up strangled her. Right in front of Billy. And Billy watched as he was strangling her. And... Like, the only thing that he said was questioning why John was killing her. Not saying, stop, or why are you, what are you doing, or just, he just said, why Why? are you killing her, basically.
0: So he just kind of watched? Yeah. He didn't, like, try to push him off? He didn't grab the knife that was probably sitting right by him? Nope. He just
1: watched. That's odd. And then John dragged rosie's body into the white shower and sliced her throat with the knife and um then john took a break and he and billy did some cocaine in the bathroom body in the corner as one does after murdering someone and uh billy was just like oh this must not have been the first time you did this and john said what do you think and then billy vomited uh, yeah. And John just kind of laughed at him. Which yeah. I'm like, now you're disgusted by what's happening? Yeah, up? you're
0: not disgusted when your best friend like, just got strangled in front of you. Uh, well, okay. I have a cocaine story. It's not a personal story. Well, it's kind of... Okay. So, I was talking to this guy the other night.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And he was like, you know, we're talking about this, talking about that. And he's like, well, what do you think about drugs? I'm like, well, what do you mean? Like, are you talking about marijuana and mushrooms? Or are you talking about, like... Cocaine. And he's like, well, people get the wrong idea about cocaine. <laughs> he's like, I am, like, this, the best person ever. And he's like, I... I like do like cocaine or molly like at a party, but I don't let it
1: affect my day to day life. I just do it at parties. I'm sorry, but like yeah. that is a straight up when I so back when I worked at the barber shop, uh huh. The guy that I replaced overdosed on heroin. Oh no. And died. Oh, like no. those kind of drugs, you just you you, you don't wanna really mess with shouldn't them. shouldn't fuck around with them. Yeah. Just because you can get so badly addicted and like I don't fucking care if you do marijuana or whatever like to me that's not I mean it's a drug but it's not like but it's like I don't know I I look at it and I'm like it's natural right (laughs) It's it's natural but like please don't do something that if you accidentally take too much you're gonna die yeah like please don't yeah that's so funny though it's (laughs) it's
0: just cocaine it's it's a party people get the wrong idea he's like i'm not shooting up heroin i'm just doing cocaine
1: i'm like what huh (laughs) one is not inherently better than the other yeah i'm like i'm i'm so confused he's like yeah anyway um so and that's i sort of wondered if maybe billy was like very high and couldn't process that would make
0: sense what was happening i don't I mean, that would make sense if they were kind of, like, doing, like, out, having a good time, and snorting he, cocaine, you know, like you do when you're having right. a good time, because Netflix and pop and margaritas isn't enough.
1: Right. I'm very much shaming. <laughs> Don't do I drugs, just, kids. I just wonder if, like, if the, him vomiting after was, like, a reaction, like, a delayed reaction Maybe. i don't know it's just it's hard to know that's so weird. john went and rinsed off his body from the blood with a hose and then he got a hatchet and a block of wood and billy could just hear hacking oh my gosh and he saw john hacking and he started to take off her arms feet and hands and her head ah he came back with a foot sticking on a knife And he held the head up like Clash of the Titans. Oh my gosh. Um, And then he took the feet, the arms, and the head down to the basement. And they burned them in the fire pit. And John, or Billy said you could literally see the shape of her skull. Yeah.
0: And it's not easy to chop things up with a hatchet it's not no like i always underestimate how much effort it takes to cut things with a hatchet
1: it's sort of the same thing as like when you hear about a murder where it's like he was stabbed 30 times
0: yeah do you know
1: how much effort it takes to stab somebody even five times (laughs) have you stabbed someone five times betsy are you confessing to a (laughs) murder speaking to the mic (laughs) this is betsy
0: 24 lansing michigan
1: But it takes a lot of effort to stab someone that many times. It's like, believe me, I tried the butter knife. I'm sorry. (laughs) So anyway, they, um, oh, and then the really crazy thing, they had a friend come over and John's girlfriend came over unaware that there was a bot, like a torso, just a torso, not the head or the feet or hands. Just a torso in the bathroom. See, I
0: would never I would never survive or be able to not see a body like that
1: because I have an instinct. Whenever I go somewhere, I have to go pee. Dude, and every time I go pee somewhere, I always check the bathtub because one time, one time. When I was a child, I hid in the bathtub and a man came in and peed. And I had to be so quiet because I was playing hide and go seek. And so now I'm like, there's a child.
0: Dude, in there. My bro- my little brother one time hid in the bathtub and jumped up and scared me when I was pulling down my pants.
1: Dude, what a dick. I was so...
0: Well, we were really young, so it was just like a shenanigan. Oh, okay. It was a shenanigan thing. It wasn't a
1: dick move. If he was older, it would have been a dick move. But he he was like six. I would have been like, well, you can just stand there and watch me while I poop. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) I hope you enjoy it. Um, so then... So, yeah. Anyway, so they had... A friend and John's girlfriend. Oh, and that was the other thing I was really pissed about. Mm -hmm. He had sex with Rosie twice before killing her, which it's like, listen up, young women. Just because he has sex with you does not mean he has feelings for you. Yeah. And he might just kill you later. You never know. Yeah. And he had a girlfriend. Like. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, they, they cleaned the house. They put the torso in a trash can And grabbed some shovels and 10 gallons of gasoline, some trash bags, and left. And they went to, um, Billy's family property Mm -hmm. on Island Lake in Meredith, which is, like, it's 100 miles away from Albion. Oh, wow. So they drove. And they, um, it was really far away, it was really secluded, and they set up, like, a big fire pit, and they burned her, torso and it burned for 10 hours oh my gosh and this is the really horrible part as the fire crackled on the lot john took some of her cooked flesh from the pit he put it on a piece of bread with some mustard and ate it oh my gosh this guy is psycho just for the experience just to know i'm that's. I mean, I'm not gonna say what I was thinking. I? Okay, all of us have probably at least one time in our life. Okay, well, not all of us. Any person who's fascinated by true crime mm-hmm. has probably at one point wondered what human flesh tasted like. Cooked. Yeah. Like I'm not gonna lie. I hear it. It's, like
0: smells like pork.
1: Yeah. Like yeah. I. I wonder if it does taste the same as like other animals and stuff. Mm -hmm. Do I wonder enough that I want to go cook up somebody and eat them? Yeah. Hell no. Oh, I thought we were doing that tonight. No? Oh shit. Oh wait, no, Jeremy got us frosty so he appeased our hunger. Mm, Yeah, we don't have to cook Jeremy tonight. But- you know what I mean? Like, it's just, like, we all wonder, or maybe we all don't. Maybe I'm weird. But, no, I, I wonder. Maybe we're both weird. When I was really young and
0: struggled with OCD, <laughs> still do, but when I was really young and had it really bad, um, I remember feeling so guilty because I remember in the Bible it says, you know, don't be a cannibal, right? And I was super religious. And I was like, but I bite, like, the dead skin off my, my lip. And I eat that. You're a you're cannibalizing (gasps) yourself. I'm a cannibal. I'm gonna have to go to confession and tell them that I eat human
1: flesh. (laughs) It was bad. That's horrible. Don't ever tell anyone that. That's (laughs) horrible. Anyway, so um her body burned down into ashes and they bagged the ashes and they spread it along the roadside and highways all the way to Big Rapids. So these guys were doing the most. Like, they completely disintegrated, spread her ashes all around Lance, or all around Michigan. Wow. And then... Okay, like, I'm really curious to see
0: how they got caught, because
1: this is crazy. Yeah. These people are psycho. Yeah. So basically, um, and then they, in Big Rapids, they went to John's brother's house. John's brother was like, what did you do with her? Never mind, I don't want to know. So it was like he knew something, but he didn't know.
0: That means that it probably happened before. There's like two big signs that it probably happened before.
1: Mm-hmm. The big brother probably knew that mm-hmm. it happened before. Yeah. So, anyway, and they kind of figured out an alibi um, that they were going to be there for a while and then say that they were in Big Rabbits the whole time. Um so when it comes to how they were caught it's sort of kind of weird Mm -hmm. because they were doing everything to try to find this girl like everything um they were searching in all the rivers all the lakes they were looking in that's a lot um all like they would have divers going down and looking and like there was a detective who was a little bit obsessed with it. Uh-huh. And he just couldn't let it go. Yeah. And, um, which is, like, I kind of wish we had more of that. Mm-hmm. People might get found easier if yeah. people were more obsessed with it. But yeah. it's that because this is literally the case where it's, like, there's no body to be found. Yeah. Um, and so eventually they kind of, they were able to get a lead... Saying that she was with Billy and John. Yeah. And um, it led, it eventually kind of led back to his grandparents' house and they found one single drop of blood. Oh my gosh. In the bathtub. That's why you don't kill people. It's really difficult to do.
0: Believe us, Betsy tried with a butter knife. And, no, just kidding. <laughs> yep. Yep. And if it's just one drop of blood, Plus, you know, you kind of, like, removed a human from this earth. That's not cool.
1: But. Yeah. So, uh, ooh, excuse me. So, basically, they found enough evidence, and then Billy actually, like, came forward. Because he, I think he knew that his time was numbered. Yeah. Like, his days were numbered. Yeah. And he ended up confessing to the whole thing. Oh, my gosh. And so then they had a huge manhunt for John. And they had to basically tail his brother all the way down to in Mexico. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yep. Holy cow. And they had Mexico and Canada on board with them. It was a oh national manhunt. It was insane. So they finally got him. I believe that Billy only got like a little bit of time.
0: I could see that if he had a lawyer and they did a plea deal.
1: Yeah. 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 And John was convicted and in April of nineteen ninety seven. So it's literally been four years after. Oh my the gosh. Yeah. So now he's forty four and he's serving. But well, he his was sentence. forty and she was eighteen. No, now he is.
0: Oh now he is. I was yeah. gonna say,
1: like that okay. Or at least he was at the time that this was published. Yeah. Um And he's serving his sentence, life without the possibility of parole, Thank God. at the Thumb Correctional Facility in Lapeer. And he's had five misconduct violations in state prison, oh my including goodness. fighting, possession of dangerous contraband, and assault and battery. Whoa. Yeah. And then you want to know the really weird thing? Yeah. Billy went with Rosie's mom to the grave site. Oh, wow. Yeah. And he talked about how. She was so forgiving and how he knew that if she was there, she would forgive him. Yeah. Which is, like, blows my mind.
0: That is... I I mean, for me, I just wouldn't feel safe. Like, it's not even, like... I mean, I'd have a really hard time forgiving him. But even if I did, I wouldn't feel safe to be anywhere near him. Like, I wouldn't want to even be in, like, the same state as him.
1: Oh, I would go fucking off on him. Yeah. I would... That's amazing that she
0: was able to... I mean, it's probably really healing for her
1: yeah. to be able to do that. And she actually... It was recorded. She went to the house, John's grandparents' house, and went and saw the bathroom. She went downstairs and mm-hmm. saw the place that she, the rest of her body was burned. Yeah. Like, or parts of her body were burned. Yeah. Like, she went to all of these places, but she was completely frantic and was, like, losing her mind because... When somebody goes missing and there's no body, you're just left wondering forever.
0: Yeah. Well, and and I think we talked about this in a other episode, but how, I mean, Michigan has a lot of sex trafficking.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah.
0: And, like, that is, I mean, just as terrible as dying. I mean,
1: getting murdered. Yeah. Like, that, in my opinion... I feel like like, in my personal opinion, I would rather somebody die than mm. them to be... Well, I guess that totally depends. I, I can't speak for everyone. Yeah. I think, personally, it... I think it's easier to know that somebody died uh-huh. than to know that they are being sex trafficked and, and there's nothing you can do to help them. Yeah. And to know that they're just out there in the world somewhere in this that is, horrible, horrible situation. That is
0: really true. Because that'd be hard to live every day with... Yeah. Yeah.
1: Like, I... As, as a mom... Yeah. I could not. Like, yeah. I think I would just cease to exist do you altogether. Think, do you
0: think if this happened, like, this will not ever happen to one of your children, but if this happened to, like, Artie, mm-hmm. would you be able to go to the house and, like, go through that
1: forgiveness? <sighs> like, okay, so if Artemis was murdered like that, mm-hmm. um... I feel like I would want to see where her last moments were. Yeah. Which was what the mom wanted to do. That yeah. Was, she even said that. That was her exact Well, and intention. it's kind of
0: like when you have a surgery and then afterwards you look at videos on YouTube of the surgery. Mm-hmm.
1: Where it's like... Yeah. Yeah. But I think forgiveness and everything, like... Yeah, <laughs> I don't... It's so hard because I feel like I would have to be... Like, I think I would just have to mentally be like, well, you can ask God for forgiveness. Yeah. But. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like. <laughs> yeah.
0: No, but- I, I, yeah, I would have a really hard time. I mean, I don't have a kid, but like if someone did that to Emma. Oh. I would yeah. die.
1: Like, I, I don't I would be so angry. People who live after the loss of a loved one. Are so fucking strong. Oh, yeah. And, you know, and it's hard. Like, it's... Jeremy and I have talked about this before, but I... We both agree that if if it were Jeremy or I, um, it would be better if Jeremy died because I could handle his death better than he could handle Aww. mine. Because I have a lot of get up and go and like mm-hmm. I've had a lot of death in my family mm-hmm. and I can handle death pretty well. Yeah. I mean obviously it's way different when it's your spouse, but yeah, I mean, but I feel like if one of us were to be able to come out on the other end, mm-hmm. I I feel like I would rather it be me than for him to have to go through that. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Oof. Which is crazy, because I'm like, I hope everyone dies after I die.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like, just like, I kind of, like, feel like, I wish, like, I would die, like, at the exact same time all my loved ones like, Yeah,
1: well, But we've we al- all
0: had to live our happy, healthy, full lives.
1: <laughs> it's really crazy, because coming from a very big family, I have seven siblings. Two of those siblings are already 50 years old, and I'm 24, Oh my goodness. So when you think about it, I've, I have been thinking about death since I was a child.
0: Mm-hmm. I have
1: thought about my parents' death since I was well, a Well, yeah, because
0: they were, yeah.
1: Yeah. I have been mentally preparing my entire life because, for one, I had to watch all of my siblings leave the home until mm-hmm. I was the last one. And I mentally prepare myself to be the last one living. Yeah, which is like really crazy when you step back and think about that. Yeah, but it's like, well, that's life, and yeah, it it sucks, but yeah, but anyway, that is the that is the story of Rose Larner, oh, her life, her death, and the justice that is being served, and her freaking amazing mom yeah
0: like I understand like I don't think you're wrong if you have a situation like that and you can't forgive or whatever but to do it's a like a ton of like that's so like full yeah. of strength
1: and like, I didn't even I, I didn't even go into all the things about what her mom did during those four years like oh, I bet that, there was yeah. just so much stuff but I didn't want to yeah
0: For part, part one of Hometown
1: Murders, subscribe to the podcast, leave a review, follow us on TikTok and Instagram. You'll s- Please don't die. Don't die. We couldn't handle it. We, we, I had one coworker I listened to all of our episodes. <gasps> really?
0: Yeah. yeah. You're so good. Yeah. I actually have been thinking I'm, I'm going to put it on my
1: dating profile.
0: Yeah? Yeah. And be just like, hey, you want to hear how crazy I am? Here's my podcast. <gasps>